friends, and welcome to the CU Insight Network podcast. My name is Lauren Culp. I'm the president and CEO at CUinsight.com. And it's my job on this show to have conversations with the thought leaders who support the credit union community. Together, we get to identify the issues that affect credit unions and talk about all of the best practices that exist to learn from one another and improve our industry. We are going to have a great conversation today. My guest on our show is Stuart Bain. He's the SVP of Product Management at Alacrity. Stuart, thank you for being here. Thank you, Lauren. It's great to be here. We start off these episodes the same way every time, which is to say that most of us did not grow up thinking that we would get to work with credit unions. So I'm really curious, what did you want to be growing up? Uh, this answer may sound a little strange. My paternal grandfather owned a scrapyard and I was always fascinated by it, a breaker's yard. So I always wanted to actually own my own scrapyard when I was very young. Later on, that morphed into actually wanting to be a medical doctor. But unfortunately, my mathematical capabilities were not quite up to being able to take that career path. That is a really interesting answer for, for scrapyard. I love it. Well, it is kind of a, a pivot over to the really important work that you do today. But what was the journey like to your current role as SVP of product management at Alacrity? So, I mean, I have a, I've had a slightly odd career path. And when I graduated, I had no real idea what I wanted to be. My initial degree is actually in geological sciences. I just took a job with a bank in the UK, which became HSBC, just working on mortgages as a servicing clerk as part of that. I took an IT aptitude test, everybody took one, and where I got one of the highest scores they'd ever seen. So I was basically recruited then to be a programmer. I did that for a few years. And one of my mentors, I asked him, hey, what should I do next? Should I carry on programming? Or what's your advice? He said, go and do something different. So I actually switched career track within the bank and started working in business operations, where I worked on Y2K and call centers and things like that. Again, after a couple of years, I switched back to IT. And I was offered the opportunity to come on assignment to the US to work with Yahoo on their P2P product solution called PayDirect. Uh, we did that for a few years. Ultimately, I decided to stay. I was actually working at HSBC with Alacrity, where we built the industry's single largest eBPP solution for HSBC card services, as was. And then when Alacrity decided to launch its own eBPP solution, OrbiPay, they uh, approached me to become the product manager for it. So I basically launched it to the market, both to the direct clients we see today, but also to bank resellers. I love hearing the journey. And it sounds like the, the programming and IT background has probably served you pretty well in the role that you have now. Can you tell me and our listeners a little bit more about Alacrity? What's the elevator pitch that you would give folks about what Alacrity does and where you add value for credit unions? So we're a prominent fintech um, dedicated to payments and payment technology. We don't get distracted by doing other things. Um, basically, we're dedicated to helping our clients accelerate their digital payments transformation. Our focus is on electronic and digital payments. We're just celebrating, or this year celebrated, two decades of operation. And we've maintained a focus on payments and payment technology throughout that period, both as products, the bill pay product that we I offer, as well as the payment hub, but also uh, professional services engagements for custom development. 77% of our employees actually work in development, so we have the capacity to be able to support integrations with the remaining working on implementations, product area that I'm in, and the sales team. So we have three different payment solutions. These include the Payments Hub that I referred to earlier, 
a unified money movement product of which the electronic loan payment solution forms part of, and then an electronic payout solution for electronifying checks that you receive from insurance companies for claim payouts and so on. So these all have a different range of configurable features and functions for capturing, processing and fulfilling payments of all type. Combined, they represent the industry's leading unified money movement solution. Uh, Today, I guess we're going to focus around the loan payment solution, which is based on the EBP product. I love it. It's really cool to hear more about Alacrity. I love what you said about specializing and and not getting distracted by too many different things and being really, really great at the things that you all do. So that in mind, I do want to ask a a little bit about... you, You mentioned that product. So Alacrity has the solution for a pain point that so many credit union members experience. Actually, myself included, my partner included, we've both had this experience. Trying to make a loan payment for your credit union's loan... With a third-party payment method, a lot of times still a poor experience for members. Can you share some context around this issue and why it might be such a big deal? So it's it's a big deal because I think most of the credit unions, when they set up, assumed everybody would be become a full member and they would use their credit union bank account to pay their loans. But then as they started to expand how they funded their business and started doing indirect loans, they started to receive customers or members that didn't have any other product with them. So they've added on suboptimal payment experiences, so non-integrated solutions, solutions that take three or four days to post the loan, specifically where a member needs to use a third-party payment method. These can be inflexible. It's one-way, one-time payments only. Uh, There's a great deal of friction. There's a bunch of data that has to be entered that they, they may or may not know, and it can become a huge inconvenience. It's a particular important pain point because Making a payment is often the first and probably only experience an indirect member has. And it is one of the most frequent touch points. You typically go into online banking, visit your billers to make payments, not to order a checkbook or something along those lines. That's what we address with the eBPP solution is to address all of those touch points that I talked on there, the friction, the inflexible options, and just make it more convenient for for a member to be able to use a third-party payment to pay their loan. It definitely is a challenge, one that I mentioned I've experienced personally. So with that in mind, how does Alacrity Solution really level up the member experience when you're trying to make those, those sort of loan payments and lead really to member growth and retention? So we've taken the approach that it should work in a similar way to the way online banking does. So we've developed real-time integrations into the cores that the credit union use for their loans, their credit cards, their mortgages as well as seamless integrations into online banking. So basically what we do is we offer a number of different channel types. Some indirect members would prefer just to be able to access a simple payment option, just to make a one-time payment each month to pay their auto loan, for example. Others want to sign up for a full experience with recurring payments that automatically draft the correct amount on their credit card. Our modern eBPP solution for loan payments helps the credit unions in that area because it's completely configurable. They decide the options they want. We offer more payment channels, more payment types than our competitors. And because we have that integration, we can deal with changes in status, changes in balances without having to customers to go in and take action. So this helps indirect members think, well, I'm getting a good experience here. Perhaps I will consider signing up to have a, a DDA opened or a, or a share save as well as retaining members. So they may decide to do a new loan with the same credit union because they've had a good payment experience. 
We can also help with efficiencies. So we centralize reporting. We can actually accelerate receivables. It's a better experience because the payments approach to the loan in real time. Typically, it's going to be cheaper. The less manual intervention you have allows you to automate those processes, which, again, reduces operating costs. And with those self-service options for both indirect members and direct members, we can actually reduce call center volume. So basically saving them staff costs for taking calls from members. I love to hear about it. And Alacrity's here point, really, really big fintech on the cutting edge of so many of the hot topics in credit unions, one of those being real-time and instant payments. And especially this year with the, with the Fed now launched a couple of months ago, can you share a little bit about what you see the future of payments might hold? It's interesting that it, the, the launch of both RTP uh, through TCH and Fed now is sort of seeing, it's very similar to when um, I wasn't there at the time when ACH first started to launch in that most clients are launching with receive only. So they're comfortable receiving money from other institutions, uh, but sending money out, not so much just yet. And we saw something very similar with the same day ACH rollout. It started out with people accepting credits only before people started to get into being able to initiate same day ACH debits. What's most interesting is we actually look uh, for our clients that have gone live, including Navy Federal Credit Union, uh, which did their press release yesterday, that most of the real-time payments we see coming in are not from banks. We're seeing them flow in from PayPal, Venmo, uh, instant salary payouts, uh, other payment fintechs doing short-term loans and lending, and also a certain aspect of gambling, initiating those transactions, the online gambling services. So people are getting dipping their toe in the water with the receive. The natural progression then, which was what we're seeing our clients choose to move, is then to send. So this is where you start to see the the use of the service tip and become more two-way, more account-to-account transfers. As more credit unions and bank enable both, there's then a third aspect of FedNow and RTP that comes into play, which is request for pay. So this is probably going to be for most members a different way of processing payments. But what it does is it offers the credit unions and banks an essentially risk-free way of taking payments to pay bills, fund newly opened accounts, uh, and so on, because it's a two-part process. The request for pay goes out, the customer goes off to their bank to approve the transaction, and then it's a guaranteed irrevocable credit transfer in real time between the customer's bank and the credit union. So as people start to look at uses for that, I think we're going to start to see, as we see with the uh, current model where it's receive only and you've got non-banks, you'll start to see non-banks initiate requests for pays people with brokerage accounts, anything where you want to fund an account, but you want to to remove the risk from the payment, which is inherent in ACH and debit cards. So it's worth noting our payment hub allows the credit unions to enable both TCH and FedNow simultaneously. There's no need to choose just one network anymore. We can actually set them up on both networks so they get the benefits of the growth in the networks, both at TCH and also at the Fed. I love learning more about Alacrity's work around this area and what credit unions can really leverage by working with you all. I know bill pay is another tool that some credit union members have suboptimal experiences with. Can you share also for our audience, what should a really optimal bill pay experience be? And how can that be a real opportunity for credit unions? So a better experience all starts with something called the bill of directory. So what this is, when you go to pay your bill on online banking, either at the credit union or at Chase or 
Bank of America or wherever it might be. It's the database that stores the billers and how they can be paid. So a better biller directory means as many payments as possible can be routed electronically rather than ending up as paper checks flowing in through the lockbox. What's interesting is this actually works two ways. So the credit unions need to be set up on the biller directories at other banks so the bill payments made to them become electronic. And currently, there's a sort of quite a high barrier to entry. If you're quite a small credit union, the cost of getting set up is prohibitive and it involves in dealing with multiple vendors. Uh, we're currently looking at an option inside our eBPP product to enable those as channels working with a, a third-party vendor to be able to set credit unions up at low cost on the bill of directories at the other banks through the current bill pay service providers. So the paper checks that they're receiving that costing them anywhere, I've seen a range of different numbers for handling paper checks from sub a dollar all the way up to $4 per paper check received. Those become electronic payments without any great amount of effort on the credit union's behalf. On the counter side, I said this works two ways, is the credit unions actually initiating bill payments through the online banking. And so we're also exploring options in partnership with the same company to develop a best of breed bill of directory to allow those outbound payments not to become paper checks. So I go in to pay my Verizon bill and it's going to take five days to pay it because they're going to, the provider's going to cut a paper check and send it to them when I know full well that I can send that payment as next day uh, electronically. And the provider we're working with is also looking to move certain payments to become real time. And th- that would all gain work both ways. There'll be certain banks that you'll be able to encounter, you'll be able to pay in real time, both to the bill, the credit union's loan accounts, but also for its members making payments out. That's a more long term thing. And that's part of the payment hub solution. But it's something that's tabled down to be uh, looked into over the next year. I love it. Well, as we look to the future, you mentioned toward the beginning of our conversation that Alacrity really focuses in on excellence and some of the the products that it offers. But what is the focus for the road ahead for Alacrity as a whole? So we maintain, uh, we have the, the three different product types, the EBPP, the Payment Hub, and Unified Money Movement. From a, an EBPP perspective, which is the, the product that I own, as well as the bill payment initiatives I described above, we're also looking to add on new payment channel options. So what we've found is that the more ways you offer a customer or a member to make a payment, the more likely they are to use it. It's not just, well, no, you, this is only one way to make a payment. It goes back to that friction and lack of options. The more options that are out there, uh, the more likely it is the member will sign up to reduce the cost to the credit union for accepting those transactions. So things like a guest pay-by-text option, which allows somebody just to sign up to receive an alert, which they can reply to, to pay their bill automatically every single month. We're also looking at adding on some alias-based payment methods, for example, the ability to allow a member to pay using PayPal or Venmo, as well as some of the other networks that are out there. I did mention pay-by-text earlier. We're actually looking at some options, and this is much more long-term, to be able to support additional messaging networks. Some of the feedback we're getting is that the younger generations don't use text anymore. If you're not on WhatsApp, they're not interested or Discord. So we're looking at how could we actually expand that to be able to support the messaging networks where people are rather than forcing them to use something that they don't naturally use. On the payment hub side, we're going to be completing the rollout of support for both Fedwire and ACH processing, as well as certifications for Visa Direct for domestic payments. And that's part of the account-to-account transfer and P2P payment work that we're doing. It would also allow 
if a uh, credit union wants to initiate payouts from the share save accounts and the customer wants to give their debit card, they could actually do real-time share save payouts to distribute the funds that the members accrued. After that, probably more long-term, we're going to take a look at enabling uh, cross-border functionality to enable international payments with foreign exchange. I love it. So not a shortage of things on the roadmap as we look it, to Yeah, it's juggling the roadmap is actually the challenge, but the goal is to reduce the costs for, me- for the, both the credit union and make it a better experience for the members. Absolutely. Well, I can see so many reasons that working with Alacrity could be really instrumental for credit unions as they think about growth in 2024 and beyond. Stuart, as we wrap up the show, I always like to have some fun with rapid fire questions so that our listeners get to know you a little bit better. The credit union industry is so human centric. So if you're ready, we'll say the questions are rapid, but the answers don't have to be. (laughs) So we can dive on in if you are ready. Yeah, go ahead. All right. First question. Who is someone in your life that was a great leader and what makes them great? So when I was at HSBC, I worked with a gentleman called Daniel Eckert, who went on to head up Walmart Financial Services. He then worked at Green Dot for a while. He was one of the best people I ever worked with. He was razor sharp, but able to sort of clearly communicate his long-term vision. We worked on, at the time, some cutting-edge products, a decoupled debit card that allowed you to get a debit card that could connect to any bank account in the US. But he was also not afraid to get his hands dirty and get into the weeds of the details around that vision and help you with clarifying exactly what you actually needed to do. I have held two patents for the work we did with him. So that was the kind of guy it was. He was not afraid to go in deep, but also be able to inspire you to get into his long-term vision of what we needed to do. Great answer. I love hearing about that. Well, if you are going to splurge on something or say you want to treat yourself, what is something you might invest a little bit into, whether that's time or resources? Probably very much to my wife's annoyance if she ever hears this, a low-level splurge would have to be a nice watch. I collect watches, but I don't have the money to be able to buy like a Rolex or an Audemars Piguet or Omega. At the high end, if I had the cash, to be honest with you, it would probably be an old vintage long wheelbase Land Rover Defender or a Series 3, preferably with a V8 engine. I'm a bit of a car nut. So anything mechanical, that, that appeals to me. I like it. Well, if anyone out there is looking for a Christmas gift <laughs> or a birthday gift or anything <laughs> like that, we've got, got some options here. All right. Here's a random question for you. If you travel for work, many of us do. What is the city that you're really excited to visit when you see it coming up on a conference agenda or for a client visit? If I had to pick one, I'd have to say Nashville. It's got to be one of the most lively cities in America that I've been to. It's just always something happening. And the main drag with all the bars and the real live music is just, it's like nowhere I've ever been in terms of the sheer atmosphere and the buzz that goes on there. The other reason is that Hattie B's Hot Nashville Chicken, I'm not plugging, by the way, is something that everybody needs to try at least once in their life, as long as you like spicy food. (laughs) I like it. Actually, Nashville is coming up for quite a few credit union conferences in 2024. So hopefully you'll get to to visit and, and get some good chicken while you're there. All right. What is a book that you think just everyone should read? So you can probably tell from my accent that I'm not originally from America. So I have tend to skew towards more uh, British style authors. So I'm going to have to go with Terry Pratchett's Small Gods. It's part of the Discworld series, but it's a brilliantly sharp satire of philosophy, religious institutions and politics. Makes you think, makes you laugh out loud. 
once you've read that one, which is a standalone novel, the whole Discworld series awaits you, which basically he skewers every modern trend and fad that you can possibly think of. We will link to that book here for everyone. All right, next question. What has been your best hack for creating balance and integration between your work life and what I like to call sometimes your life life? I'm going to have to go with two separate cell phones here. One dedicated for work and one for personal. So that way, out of hours, you can still remain connected, but you don't see and you aren't tempted to check those work emails that come pinging in all those messages. It gives you a clear disconnect. Everybody lives by their cell phones. And when I first started at Alacrity 10 plus years ago, I took the conscious decision that I wanted to separate the two. Prior to that, it would be one phone for both things and the phone was always going off and so on and so forth. So on my desk, I have two separate phones. One belongs to Alacrity, one belongs to me. And that way, if I need to, I can walk away from work, but still remain connected. That is a great hack. I love that suggestion. All right. We're going to link to everything we talked about today in the show notes and especially some contact information for the team at Alacrity for anyone who wants to know more. But my last question for you today, Stuart, is do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share or final asks of our listeners? This is some advice that I was given by another mentor that I work with at HSBC, which is to practice active listening, both at home and at work. So basically, and once you've listened and understood, take the time to think before you speak. A little silence whilst you marshal your thoughts before replying is not a bad thing and can sometimes save you from saying things that you really didn't mean to say. Uh, The same uh, mentor also said, if you don't have anything to say, don't say anything. If the other people are not paying attention, they will tell you things that they didn't mean to tell you, which gives you a great insight into their thoughts and how how they perceive things are happening. Great insights. I love all of the all of the things that you've shared, both from a personal leadership journey and also on the alacrity side. Thank you again, Stuart, for taking the time to be on the show today. Thank you for having me. Stay well. And thanks to all of our listeners for tuning into the See You Insight Network podcast. And we will be back again next time. 